Hey friends, welcome back to Let's Get Lyrical with Carice and Daniel. Daniel here. Uh, and this is a very special episode for us because the one and only Leanne Rhymes joined us for our second ever lyrical live stream on our YouTube channel. And it was such a fantastic conversation. She was so generous with her time, so candid and insightful and enthusiastic. And we just had a great time talking about lyrics, some of her own lyrics, some lyrics of songs that she has covered in her career, and then other lyrics that she just loves. And there's a few that you won't be hearing in this version of the episode because we don't have time in the regular audio episode for them. So they got cut for time, but you can hear them, including songs by Tracy Chapman and one I'd never heard by an artist I'd never heard named Patty Griffin, a very powerful song uh, about the victim of homophobic bullying and the tragic aftermath of that, um, which Leanne brought in and introduced us to. You can hear both of those songs and watch the entire live stream uh, so that you can see Leanne's luminous face and also ours, uh, and also read along with the lyrics as we're discussing them, which I think can be a a really uh, extra rich way of experiencing these conversations, because after all, it is about the lyrics. And you can get access to all the video versions of all of our episodes, which are always quite a bit longer than the episodes we post here, the audio versions. And in this case, it's an extra half hour of time spent with Leanne and us. You can access all of those by going to patreon.com slash let's get lyrical and signing up for five bucks a month. All right, folks, thank you so much for being listeners, and we really hope you enjoy this discussion with Leanne Rhymes. With Carice and Daniel. Hello, hello. Hi. Hello. Uh, hi, Ann Rhymes, I presume. How are you today? I am well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. This is really fun. <laughs> well, we're very honored to have you on on this. So the pleasure is uh, mutual. Thank yeah, you. you. I'm literally... Only- I've literally done research for like days, like days. And I could have gone on longer. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't realize like how many songs there are that have affected me. Mm. And then also like some of the songs that I love, I don't even truly know the meaning of them because they're a little obscure. And it's like, do you really need to know? Because they just touch you, (laughs) you know? So yeah. Yeah. That's always a risky thing. If you look deeper into it, sometimes it deepens it. Mm-hmm. that much more we've had that experience a number of times on our podcast like we were looking at janice ian at 17 the other day and we read it and it just kind of got even deeper and darker for us you know yeah. and then there's songs where you look at them and it's like okay, father it, figure yeah father figure it can be a little creepy yeah <laughs> problematic um, do, do you think lyrics are underrated in pop music or overlooked? Like a lot of people say, oh, I don't listen to the lyrics. Why, why is that, do you think? Well, I mean, sometimes I look at the state of music and I am saddened these days mm-hmm. because I do think, I do think people write, um, I don't know, I feel like we're trying to turn out hits and we're trying to hit a certain like algorithm and like people are writing songs for TikTok now, like not even really writing a whole song. And then people create singles more than they create records. And to me, like when you create a full album, 
if you look at a lot of these fantastic artists that really, you know, created bodies of work that you wanted to listen to from front to back, like that art, the art of that is lost, I feel like it doesn't happen very much anymore. So I don't know, I, I think people are like, there's so much going on, there's so much freaking input, and people don't pay attention to the lyrics. Sometimes it's like, does does the hook catch you? And then if it does, like people will go into, maybe go into the lyrics. And I think it's also depending on who you're listening to. Like if you're expecting the artists that you're listening to, to write great lyrics and songs, like I think you're, you want to go and discover what they really are talking about. One thing I've noticed about your songs, and I've been trying to piece together, like when did you start songwriting? Because I, I figure it seems that like when you started out, you were very young, you were probably having a lot of you're getting a lot of material from others. So when did, when did songwriting um, kick in for you as something that was really a, a major part of your career? And yeah. I've also noticed that you seem to have very good taste in song lyrics, whether it's you are writing them <laughs> or those you're selecting. So I want to know what you look for in a song. Oh, okay. So my own songwriting, I've always been a writer ever since I was a little girl and I loved writing poetry and I'd write poetry for my parents like as a kid and um, but I never really got into writing my own songs until I guess my mid 20s and um, I guess I just never trusted myself and I also I also didn't know if I, I think what to answer what kind of both your questions with this what I look for in a song is, is truth is honesty mm-hmm. and to touch upon something that you know is um to the soul of, of humanity um, and to something greater. <laughs> just those small things. Um, <laughs> just, but, that. <laughs> just that. In but three I, and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I never knew too, like when I was younger, I, I wasn't so sure how much of myself I wanted to reveal, right? And it's so easy to do through other people's writing to, to go there because then you can kind of point to, oh, someone else wrote that, even though I relate to it, which you might not want to say, someone else wrote it. Um, so in my mid twenties, I, I started working with my dear friend, Daryl Brown, who is an incredible, incredible songwriter. And he told me one day, if I could go to the place in myself where I sing from and write from there, then I would write something really incredible. And, um, there was a song that I wrote, one of the very, very first songs I wrote with him was, um, called what I cannot change. And, um, it was was going through a lot with my parents at the time, as we all go through in our teenage and you know or mid twenties, early twenties um, years. And exactly, <laughs> still, I understand. But it was really, it was the first time I let myself talk about you know these the trauma and the the situation I was going through with my parents, and just go to a really honest place and that's when I was like, I kind of got the writing bug. And I was like, oh, there's these pieces of me that want to unfold and want to speak. Um, and sometimes only found their way through through songwriting, through music. And honestly, I, I wrote a song, um, I guess it was, God, I was in my late 20s called Borrowed. And it's probably one of the most polarizing songs that I've ever written. And I wrote it about um, an affair that I had that was very public. and. Mm-hmm. I didn't want, I didn't know I could, I didn't know I could be that honest. I mean, I was on the floor for six hours crying, writing the song. And I've had fans that are like, I can't listen to that. It's too honest. 
Mm. And, you know, and I'm, and it, that's great. Like, I'm glad I touched, I'm, it's kind of like, I'm, you know, if, if I repel you or if you love it, like it still is affecting you. It's still moving you in some way. And I think yeah. as a songwriter, that's what you hope to do. Um, and that's when that song is when I knew I had really touched upon a truth that I was unwilling and unable to come back from. Mm. So when I write, that's where I'm writing from. And it's so powerful. And I, I discover things about myself that I, I don't know until I write it. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really like to be able to have that gift is such a, it's such a gift in this lifetime for sure. Yeah. Do you have, do you have your, uh, po your poets, po poets, your poems that you used to write? Do you, do you, can you recall any of them? Oh my gosh. I don't, I can't recall them. They were, I was so young, like I was six and seven, like writing about, you know, love and family and home and um, actually really interesting. Like it was very, um, it was very hopeful and a dream, I think for myself that I didn't, I was going into places where of, of things that I didn't have as a kid. Um, and now when I look back and think about what I was writing about, it was, it was kind of an escape of, of these things that I wished were mine, you know, as a child. Mm. So, Yeah. Same, same now as, as an adult. <laughs> yeah, well, I would love to go and take a look at a few of these songs that you've mentioned. I want to ask you about your latest album, um, yeah. God's Work, because listening to it, it really sounds like a breakthrough of some kind. Like it, I get the feeling of someone who is like consciously stepping even beyond the bounds of, because it's not so much about like personal biographical self-disclosure, but dreaming and wondering and imagining and thinking about big things and expressing like in a song, like throw my arms around the world, like throwing your heart open to everybody and everything and wishing for healing. And in a song like the wild, like a very um, righteously outraged song about the treatment of women, you know, mm -hmm. was this new territory for you? And, and obviously you wrote these songs with, um, The friend is Daryl, is that right? Yeah, Daryl, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What was that process like? Oh, this is, so that was three years in the making, God's work was, and we wrote a lot of it. Um, we wrote some of it before the pandemic and then a lot of it during. And I feel like we really tapped into the collective and mm -hmm. the, the what we were all going through and what we were all dreaming of and hoping for, um, a better world. And, um it really allowed me the time at home really allowed me to step into these parts of myself and discover and open to places that I, I don't know if I would have sat and contemplated if I didn't have that much space. And, um, you know, the, there are certain pieces, especially like songs like the wild that were, there was this kind of sacred rage. Um, and it is about that song that I, I've I've never really, I've, it's been easier for me to go into these sadder places or mm. places of hope and love, but to go into rage in a song mm. um, as a woman was really uh, uncomfortable when I first wrote it. And I remember writing, you know, the lyrics, the first lyrics are the persecution of the woman has gone on for too fucking long. And it- Do you mind, do you mind if I put it on the screen? No, go ahead. <laughs> and I remember- um, looking at Daryl after I said that and going, can can I say that? Like, <laughs> can I, can I just blatantly come out and just say it? And, um, 
and yeah, they, there's just, there's so much power in this. And when I mm-hmm. sing it live, oh my God, when I sing it live and I sing it in places, you know, sometimes where I, I don't know if I, the message will be received. Mm. And um, when I, when I finish and I see a whole audience stand up for a song that they might not even know if they haven't listened to the record. I mean, you realize you truly touched a chord, Mm. Um, not only in women, but in men too. Like I see these men like standing up for this, this message Mm -hmm. and um, it blows me away. I've literally opened my eyes to a whole crowd standing up and just cried on stage because I'm like, yeah, because it's, it's just, I think it's um it's just a this one of those places where you just touch so so deeply within the truth of of the soul, um, and the state yeah, of the world. Powerful. It yes. and, and musically, it's such a haunting uh, melody as well. I was really struck by the just the arrangement and the melody. But you know, lines like uh, "the virgin is shattered, her blood on the door. She can't claim the lover without claiming the whore." I mean, you're talking yeah. about some of the most longstanding. Uh, dynamics uh, in, you know, in patriarchal life. Um, Yeah. And then you go, you go here, you know, we've been told that our sex is ungodly and we've been told that our rage is too much, but when rage burns through our heart, it unveils the word and it restokes the fire that changes the world. I mean, this is, uh, it works as poetry, (laughs) but when it's sung, it's it's that much more Mm -hmm. powerful. You, I mean, you, you're from Texas, right? Yeah. Original, so, originally from Mississippi, but I grew up in Texas, yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming a pretty conservative environment. Mm-hmm. Very much, which is where, you know, I was raised Southern Baptist. And I think this is where I started the whole album is me, you know, discovering my own spirituality and my own sexuality and, you know, um, the repression of it and wanting to... Um, you know, wanting to claim all sides of myself. It's so interesting because there's so much personalization in these songs, but we kind of went from the personal to the to the more expanded, um, you know, worldly view of this to the spiritual. So there's all of these layers um, to which this was written from. But mm. I think I really wanted to make, I know in past albums, they've been very personal and I really wanted to make this record um, so that it felt like a collective experience so that felt like people could really discover themselves through these lyrics and it made people question their own beliefs um and take a take a look at you know their own heart and where they stand on these things so yeah it's um I definitely reached into my upbringing and the repression of certain pieces of myself for this song Mm. Oh, it must be so therapeutic. I mean, I'm so jealous when you can and sing and write that well. I mean, wow. Yeah, well, no, it is of, therapeutic for sure. And speaking of the singing, I, I, I wonder with someone like you who, I mean, I know you've, the world has told you this, but your voice is extraordinary as an instrument. Uh, yeah. You can seemingly do anything. And I wonder if when you have an instrument like that, have you had to deal with basically messages covert and overt from the industry like, your voice is enough, honey. Like who cares really what you have to say? People just want to hear you sing. Oh yeah. There's definitely, it's kind I guess it's come at me. Um, it's come at me in a lot of ways of people wondering like, why, you know, like, why don't you create, you know, more commercial music? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> why can't I just 
why can't I just sing the things that people want me to sing and be more commercially successful now at this point in my life? And it's like, um, you know, I've had to, I've had all of that. And there was something deeper in me that really needed to, to express and convey, yeah. you know, what lives inside. And, you know, I've gone from being a singer to an artist and, you know, that, that really has a point of view. And I'm so proud of that. Like it, you could never, you know, I, I could never, I mean, there's a piece of me that, that, you know, that old adage of shut up and sing. It's like, there's a piece of that even within what I just said. It's like, you know, just, just do what everyone wants you to do and, and don't have a point of view. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of that for sure. In terms of the songs you've selected to cover, I was listening to your cover of Insensitive, which is by a fellow oh, Canadian, Jan Arden, right? Yeah. It's an extraordinary song. Um, yeah. You know, uh, maybe you could talk about like some of the favorite songs you've covered and maybe we could like listen to one or two. Yeah. Um, Insensitive definitely is one of my favorites that I've covered. And I was so young. I remember, gosh, I was like 15 when I covered that song. And I don't even think I knew. I, I I remember being in my first like love and heartbreak at that time, and that's why that song like totally just tore my heart out because it was exactly what I was living with this guy. <laughs> I was I was fifteen and you know like feeling all the teenage angst and um, yeah. I just I love I love a great sad song. I love when people just can kind of rip your heart out in the best of ways. Hmm. Um, She's fantastic as a writer. She's got some she great really songs. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the lyric is so specific. Can we take a, do you mind if we take a quick listen to it? No, go ahead. Should we do your version or hers? Or do whatever okay. you have pulled up. You can totally do mine. All right. Let's do Leanne Rhymes Insensitive. Oh, I really should have known by the time you drove me home by the vagueness in your eyes. Casual goodbyes by the chill in your embrace. The expression on your face told me maybe you might have some advice to give on how to be insensitive. So, what I find incredible about the song is it starts off sounding like a bunch of rhetorical questions. How do you do this? How do you do that? How do you in general, how does anyone, mm -hmm. you know, there, and there are lyrics like that. How do you, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but there are questions. There are lyrics that just ask questions like this, but by mm -hmm. the third line, how do you turn your eyes from the romantic glare? It's getting more and more specific. And how do you mm -hmm. forget the sound of a voice, you'd know anywhere. Then it turns right into the chorus and now she's singing to someone specific and she's really asking him, how do you do this? Because I would like to know how. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the space of the, the verse. I yes. love the spaciousness of the verse. And then you go into this course that's like got this great groove. Um, that's right. Yeah. It's uh, it's beautifully, beautifully done. And yeah, I, I love the story of this song because it's, God, I mean, how many times have we, how many times I think have we wanted, how do you, how do you break someone's heart? Like, right. I mean, that's what she's asking. Mm -hmm. I think is like, cause I would love to know, <laughs> I would love to know. Cause I don't, you know, and I, I think that that's such a cool, um, especially as a woman, like a 
cool point of view when it comes to love. It's also a surprising, uh, you don't, you don't, unless you knew that the song is called insensitive, you don't see that hook coming. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And hmm. the subtext also Not is, can you teach me how to do this? Cause you just did this to me. Right. Yeah. So even exactly. in the moment of the heartbreak, you're going to like, teach me how to do I thought you might have some advice to give on how to be insensitive. Insensitive is not an easy word to rhyme, but she finds no, it's not. perfect into it. It's definitely not. Um, yeah, it's a great, great song. Yeah. Let's check out the second verse. Got a, lo a lot of love happened to you in the chat right now. Mm -hmm. Aww, hi. Specific too. How do you free yourself? Oh, this line kills me. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah. That line. Yeah. What is, it about, what is it about that line, you guys? Oh my God, because like the loss of love, like not only are you losing a lover, but you're losing a friend. I mean, yeah. I that's one of the saddest things about lost love is that, you know, the friendship that, that dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I I totally felt that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I love the sensuality of the song because it is so beautifully sensual. You know, really talking without... about bodily functions like slowing yes. your blood and the <laughs> yeah. body rush. It's very corporeal. It's very visceral. It is. It is very visceral. Yeah. Yeah. How do you teach your heart? It's time to fall in love again. I love a song that can vary up the lyrics in its second chorus. Mm -hmm. Totally. Because you would totally be fine just hearing, I, you know. I really should have known, but yeah. You really exactly. should have known. I mean, and, and the vagueness on your face. What a great word to use mm -hmm. in a chorus lyric. Totally. I feel like there's something about Canadian songwriters where we're, <laughs> we're, we're allowed to be a little more intellectual sometimes with our lyrics. Um, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I grew up listening to '80s music on the radio, but, but, but then she switches it up here in the second chorus, gets even more pointed and personal. You probably won't remember mm -hmm. me. It's probably ancient history. I'm one of the chosen few. When I didn't feel for you, I'm out of vogue. I'm out of touch. I fell too fast. I feel too much. I thought that you might have some advice to give. On how to be insensitive. Yes, guitar solo. Yeah. Epic 90s guitar solo. Yeah. 100%. In the great Bon Jovi tradition. Exactly. I know you've recorded with him. Yes, I have. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Also, now we get to a repeat of the of the lyrics. Oh, that's a that's an anthem. It is an anthem. It's great. And your I, voice. I mean, yeah, we've talked about it before, but it's so there's so much um, 
Yeah, we called it a snick in a voice. Uh, your kind of voice. That, that A snick, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to translate that. Like a tear, I guess. The tear yeah, yeah, yeah. in your voice. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, like I said, I was so young recording this and I, I hear, like, I know where I'm at now of how I would interpret the song, which is like so from such a deep place that there was, there was something way beyond my years that I've always understood emotionally as had a very strong emotional point of view in music as a child. My dad used to sit with me when I was younger and explain to me what the story was to the song that I was singing. Hmm. Um, and like six, seven years old, like I remember, you know, listening to songs about, you know, divorce and prostitution and like things that, of course, I would never have known. Like, I remember I say prostitution. It's one of my favorite songs because it's um, Fancy by Bobby Gentry, and which is like the most well-written song. Can we look at it? I've never heard it yeah, before. Yeah, please. Oh, yeah. my God. But it's really yeah. funny that you say Bobby Gentry because I was looking at your song, uh, Nothing Better to Do. Oh, yeah. Totally. Which I know you co-wrote. And one of the yeah. first lines mentions this like bridge that has a like a Black like a bridge. Yeah, 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 yeah. A Cajun yes. sounding, whatever, four syllable name. And I was thinking of today. Oh, to Billy Joe. Yeah, boat Billy Joe something just jumped yeah. off the Tallahatchie the, Bridge. The Cal- Tallahassee Bridge. Totally. <laughs> so Pelahatchee is a town in Mississippi. It's where I one of the towns where I grew up before I moved to, te- to Texas. And so wow. we wrote that. We wrote nothing better to do from a point of view of like what would have happened to me if I would have never left Mississippi. Huh. <laughs> I, okay, I, I definitely want to look at that maybe after this yeah. one. Um, because so I, fancy. I yeah fancy yeah oh my god it's the it's so beautifully written and she wrote what? it um she wrote it herself and it, it's so good bobby gentry is something else i need to get to know her better have you yeah. do you know her uh Carice? yeah i know i mean i know of the name obviously and probably when i hear something i'll probably re- recognize it but i couldn't i couldn't tell you no i couldn't all right let's take a look I remember it all very well Looking back it was the summer I turned 18 We lived in a one-room run-down shack On the outskirts of New Orleans We didn't have money for food or rent To save these we were hard-pressed Then we spent every last penny we had To buy me a dancing dress Mama washed and combed and curled my hair And she painted my eyes and lips And then I stepped into a satin dancing dress It was split on the side, cleaned up to my hip It was red velvet trim and it fit me good And staring back from the looking glass Was a woman where a hat broke kid and stood Here's your one chance Start standing back looking at yeah. the looking glass Was a woman where a half-grown kid had stood and she said, here's your one chance, Fancy, don't let me down. So it's about, you know, these this woman, this mother who put her daughter into prostitution out of to try to get her out of poverty. A mother pimping and, um, out her daughter. Yeah, but she was in such mm-hmm. poverty that, yeah. that she knew there was no other life for her. Yeah. And it's it's so well written. Reba, Reba did a cover of this. That's where I first knew it because I grew up listening to Reba and then you know, of course, and going back and listening to, to Bobby Gentry and realizing what an incredible song this woman had written. And it's 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 one of the best story songs, I think, ever. And what's incredible is that if you weren't listening to the lyrics, you'd think, oh, this is Son of a Preacher Man part two. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. It's, Very similar. It yeah. has the, it's that same groove, but yeah. lyrically, it couldn't be more. I mean, that's just a, a, a fun sort of youthful, nostalgic tale of falling in love with some boy you weren't supposed to. It's like mildly naughty. Right. Yes. <laughs> 
but this is totally. this is epic this is this is drama this is theater this is yeah. raw storytelling yeah absolutely. yeah let's see what yeah. happens in the second verse this is remarkable so don't let me down what her mother gives her a locket with a shakespeare quote on it yeah i know himself be true but you know who said that in shakespeare to whom no polonius says it to his son laertes in hamlet and polonius oh, wow. is a very very flawed father Mm. Oh, interesting! You know, interesting. He's he's interested in rising up in the court with the king, and right. he's he's a real blowhard. So, it's it's good advice as far as it goes. Right. To mm. be true. But the moment of receiving it is is also a traumatizing one for her. Yeah. Interest. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. And Bobby Gentry wrote this. Yeah, this song. It's funny when I was little. Um, my dad would explain it to me because it, no one would let me sing it. <laughs> and I was so, I was so passionate about the song. I was like, I really want to sing the song. And um, I covered it. Um, and uh, live we did on YouTube a couple of years ago. I was bored at home and I literally, I can't make it through the song without crying. Cause it's, it's really, mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking, like really heartbreaking. And she somehow is able to stay inside. Yeah. Like she's like, there's a kind of a wall almost between, yes, which, 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 which completely captures what the character would have to do yep. in order to survive this. Right. Totally. What totally. did you understand about it at age eight? Oh, um, I mean, I think I, it's interesting how much my, you know, my upbringing and like, you know, I talked about in the wild, like the repression of my own sexuality and uh, I, I, I almost looked at it as it was like this. I didn't understand the heartbreak and the desperation of the song. It almost felt dirty, you know, from mm -hmm. from the lens of which I was grew up. Um, and then, you know, now to look at it and all its different facets. Um, and as the song goes on, like she talks about how she, um, you know, she she actually made a made a life for herself out of this. And like, um, what does she say in here? Um, well, let's keep uh, going. Yeah, yeah, keep going. Yeah. That's what I that's what I love about it is the power of it. So and also fascinating her performance. Just uh, I can, mm -hmm. it's fascinating what she's we have a couple doing. of actors here, right? The two of you both act. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it is yeah. interesting her performance. There is quite the the wall up and it, it's I don't know, it's very it is it's almost like some a little bit of the performance doesn't match what's no. going on. You know? the, the dance is just slightly weird, and then yeah, <laughs> but it also feels like she's no, she knows what she's doing. But I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm very fascinated by it. Yeah, and the hair. Yeah, yes, the, hair. the hair's epic. Aside. <laughs> well, it's also on television, right? So trying to do a song like this on television, I'm sure there mm. was right. You You're know, still trying to else. sell to the masses, right? Yeah, 
<laughs> Dolly Parton must have been. I mean, Dolly Parton came out after Bobby Gentry, right? I think so. I think I'm thinking be Bobby great. Gentry must have been a huge influence on her in terms of. I would. I would think mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Being willing to step out and tell women's stories that are complicated and not necessarily yeah. all that flattering or, or certainly not all that um, yeah. um, smooth. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like somebody else that was talking, asking mama, what do I do? Just be nice to the gentleman fancy and they'll be nice to you. Hold on. I need to go back. But as a watch rope, Real heart shaped like they said to thine own self be true. Him shivered as a watch roach crawl across the toe of my shoe. It sounded like somebody else that was talking, asking, Mama, what do I do? Just be nice to the gentleman, fancy, and they'll be nice to you. Here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down. Yeah, the performance, there is Here's something disconnected with the performance. <laughs> Okay, it sounded like somebody else speaking mm-hmm. when she asked her mother. Like the dissociation is already starting to happen. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> totally. Just be nice I to love, the gentleman. Yeah, I mean it's so well, uh, well written and so well described. Like you said, what a, what visuals? Like you can totally just envision this in your head. You know this whole story. Mm-hmm. The roach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was the last time I saw my mother, and I left that rickety shack. Cause the welfare people came and took the baby mom died, and I ain't been back. My God. But the wheels of fate started to turn, and me, there was no way out. And it wasn't very long till I knew exactly what my mom had been talking about. I knew what I had to do, but I made myself a solemn vow. But I was going to be a lady someday, though I didn't know when. I couldn't see spending the rest of my life with my head hung down in shame. I might have been born just plain white trash, but fancy was my name. Here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down. Here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down. Long after a benevolent man took me in off the street, and one week later I was pouring his tea in a five-room hotel suite. Yes, you were. Charmed a king, a congressman, and an occasional aristocrat, and I got me a Georgia mansion in an elegant New York townhouse flat, and I ain't done that. Oh well, that's what the performance was about. It all worked out for her. So that's a very interesting way to end it. Cause I thought she was going to end it on the triumphant note. Like this is the like empowering sex work story, you know, like mm. I chose. I mean, it does in a way. I mean, there's pieces of that 
but there's pieces also- that yeah. But then there's this extra like half verse yes. where she's like, I still remember the desperation and my mama's yes. voice ringing in my ears. So it's like both things. I mean, how could you go through that and not have trauma? You know what I mean? Like, seriously, trauma. You know, like, I think that that no matter how, I think that's the thing, like, no matter how much she got, you know, well off she became, like, there's still that, there's still something that haunts you, right? Yeah. yeah, and she's telling the self-righteous hypocrites, you don't get to judge me. Yes, yeah. which I love. Good, so good part, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yet she's not going to claim that it's cost-free, you right. know? And and, mm-hmm. and, it, it, and in a bigger sense, I take it in, in some ways as an indictment of a world in which this would be necessary for a family. Right, right. Yeah. You know, and And she dealt with social class in her songs in a way that – most songwriters didn't and don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting. I wonder where this was written from. Like, where, what, you know what I mean? Like, what in her life or what she witnessed or what story caused her to, to write something like that? Yeah. Yeah. That would be very interesting. It's a to great know. song. It is. Um, do you want to take a look at one of yours from the new album? Do you have a favorite that we sure. could look at? Um, what can we look at? Let's see. We looked at the wild. Um, I mean, there's so many on <laughs> this mm. album. I, I really love, um, I really love Spaceship. I mean, Spaceship. Mm-hmm. Is, it's the first song. Yeah, it is. It's an interesting way to open the record. And, um, we had a lot of fun opening this record like this. And I, I think it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the album and where we were where we all were as a collective at this point in our, our world. Um, yeah. You know, I think people, people wanted, I mean, this is the most hopeful, heartbreaking um, song. Cause I, I mean, I, it, I remember when we finished writing it and I was, I looked at Daryl and I go, wow, we, we just wrote a song that could be really like looked at as something that's truly suicidal. And, um, and there's, I'm, I love, you know, I love songs that you can be anything you want it to be. And mm-hmm. when we didn't write it from a place of, we didn't write it from that place, actually, we wrote it um, at a time when we were all at home thinking like, you know, if this is it, then can we, can we just like, can we be, be beamed up and like take us somewhere that's more like joyful? Um and, you know, I, I wrote the first couple of lines about just my own kind of feeling of um, of being, but, but feeling like an outcast a lot of my mm-hmm. life. Um, you know, I was always a child put into this very adult world very early on. So it was like this, talk about disassociation. There was just like, I didn't quite, <laughs> I, I, I had to grow up very fast and, you know, um, so there's some there's some definitely personal touches of like my own my own experience in this, but um, we wrote it from a more with a little bit of humor, um, and it also is you know there's 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 so much hope lost and so much hope found in the song is what I find. Yeah, well, the touch of sci-fi in in, in the conceit yes. you know it gives it that sort of larger than life thing, but it's also very yeah. poignant. Um, mm-hmm. Someone's mentioning David Bowie in the, in, in the chat, yeah. and of course he was someone who, for whom outer space was a a very uh, frequent way of expressing a certain degree of not at homeness here. You know, mm-hmm. let's take mm-hmm. a look at this song. I, I think yeah. it's a very striking lyric, and 
amazing performance too. How much more do you want from me? Haven't I earned the right to be his nominee? To float up past the Pleiades. Oh, no. Okay, hold up. You just put the words nominee and Pleiades <laughs> yes. into an opening song. Well done. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And it's funny because I really wanted to put the Pleiades in here. And what Daryl are the Pleiades? I, is it a star system? It, it's a star. Yeah, it's a star cluster. And so okay. Daryl and I, I wanted to, we really wanted to put that word in. And we were like, how are we going to do this? And <laughs> So, like, of course, as you're sitting there, you're, like, looking up rhymes for Pleiades, and it's like, oh, I mean, it, this song, like, fell out. It was one of those that, like, just came pouring out of both of us. Um, but, yes, I, that is, there's a couple things that I'm very proud of in this song, and that would be one of them. <laughs> yeah, and also the word nominee is such a yes. an interesting choice. I mean, of course, in the music industry, that means one thing, right? And you've right. been that many times. Uh, yeah, but, like... Why can't I? Why can't I be the one you take? I mean, that's right. You know. Why can't I be chosen? Why can't I be the one yeah. where God says, "Come on down, you're the next contestant." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or come on, or come on up, rather. Exactly. Yeah. Can't you can't be that hard to please. You know what this reminds me of? We did it. We did two episodes full of songs about God, or oh, songs with God with God in the title. Uh, right. And strangely, God's work was not one of them. Maybe because I knew you were coming on, <laughs> I wanted to save it. So but um, we did. Uh, God's song by Randy Newman, you know, uh, that's why I love mankind. We did uh, God's car. God only knows. God only knows by the Beach Boys, God comic by Elvis Costello. And there was a song by XTC called Dear God, which is a, a sort of a customer service complaint letter to God. Oh, my God. Hysterical. <laughs> I've never heard which, that. I got to go listen to it. Oh, it's great. Well, I'll, I'll send you uh, the link to our episode because yeah. we, oh, we talk all yes. about it. But you can't be that hard to please. Um, it, it reminds me of that. That's something I'm very proud of. <laughs> the fact that I could fit infinite amount of room up there in the doorway. I um, I was I was trying to fit that all in, and Daryl's like, "We can't. I don't know how you can fit that." And this is where I I have such respect for anybody who's a rapper. Like I was just gonna say, it's a rap. I mean, like literally, that's. I took and there's this like cadence to it that mm -hmm. when we were done writing and I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. So yeah, another proud moment in that song. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you said that because you've collaborated with so many different people and there's a song with Aloe Black also in this mm -hmm. album. who's not a rapper per se, but sort of a R&B singer, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that song also has cadences I've never heard you do. Mm -hmm. These sort of, these, these, these sort of, um, this sort of forward leaning rhythmic. Uh, yes ideas with beautiful beautiful lyrics i mean did he write that one himself or did the two he, of you write he that? did he wrote that and i think there might have been a couple other writers on that song but yeah that mm. was that was his actually it's on his record and then he wanted to re-release it as a duet so i ended up doing it with him so. oh it's so great yeah. i mean maybe we can look at that one too but let's let's yeah. finish this one um yeah there the got to be an infinite amount of room up there in the stowaway it's fantastic <laughs> And I'm glad you mentioned rap because I'm going to come back to that. I have something yeah. I want to ask. It's my life. I have a say. And I say. It's a great bridge. You know, a great bridge takes you from where you're at by the end of the second chorus, which can often be a, feel a little stagnant. Like, okay, we get it. But now where are you going to go? Well, 
this is where you get to the heart of your insistent demand. And then you exactly. can, you connect us back to the next chorus. Yeah. Really beautifully. Thank you. Even that cadence, da 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 has an R&B feel to it. Oh, yeah, very much, yeah. Yeah. The title, God's Work, I was listening to that song, and, you know, We Are God's Work is a surprising way to use that that phrase. It's a beautiful way. And I was thinking that it could be understood two different ways. On the simple level, we are God's creations, right? Like works of art, but also like a project. It is, <laughs> like, yeah, true. <laughs> like a, an unfinished work in progress, you know? Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that that title as uh, for a song, but also in the concept of the full album? Yeah, absolutely. So um, God's work, I when we started writing this record, I had all these different titles. I just kind of collect titles on my phone, and then I put them on a whiteboard. And um, I don't know, I probably had 25 titles. And when I looked at it, God's work was, to me, was what really stood out as the title of the record. And then everything else was under creation. Is kind of what I looked at it as. Um, and that song is, to me, I love that song. It's so powerful. And it really, really like, you know, it, it talks about, you know, moving past the superstition and the doctrine of our own, like, limited beliefs into mm. you know look we are all god's work this is all god's work um and we are here to do the work of love i mean is really if we can only get past what we think makes us separate yeah and it, so yeah. um yeah it's i mean god i mean like look at the collective experience we all had together and that we all still want to believe there's a separation here and yeah. so that really was what the gist of it was was getting down to questioning like, you know, are all of these beliefs that we are, are still, for most of us, mental constructs, like never get brought down into the body to be lived out in this world. So all mm-hmm. the things we say we believe, like, are we really, are we really living them out? And so that's really what it poses the question of. Well, let's take a look at it. Um, it occurs to me that, you know, you would think that a crisis would bring out the best in humanity. You would hope that. <laughs> but of course, the, the, you know, my dad and I wrote about the myth of normal mm-hmm. and the toxic culture can use anything to deepen the fractures and look at during the, you know, the Trump era into the COVID era, what's happened in, I mean, I've never seen such a, the, never the twain shall meet fracture right. cleavage between different parts. Mm-hmm. It's like people will not even talk to each other anymore. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. I mean, there's a song that, uh, that's so genius by Tracy Chapman. That is actually one of my songs I chose called change. Um, No, it's, it talks about exactly what you're saying, but like, how deep do we have to go? How like, do do we have to, do we have to ruin ourselves completely? Like to change? Like Mm -hmm. I always find that so interesting in our evolution in life. Like when do we, when do we not have to be slapped up beside the head and lose everything in our life in order to change? When can we start to choose? Mm. change you know and i i agree with you i think that like how seriously like how deep do we have to go with this do we have to go to extinction in order for something to shift and um it's really sad it's really sad 
<laughs> well, if anything can wake us up to the beauty of opening ourselves to that, it would be a song like this. It's so rousing. Let's listen to, yeah, let's give it, let's give it a listen, look at the lyrics. And then I would love to move on to the songs you brought the lyricists sure. who have inspired you. We already saw Bobby Gentry. Take a look at Tracy Chapman. So uh, here we go. Oh, this like effect on this guitar is incredible. Yeah, that's Robert Randolph, like, actually. Robert wow. Randolph played on this. Um, yeah, he's fantastic. He really is. I, I was like, is that Leanne's voice being filtered through mm-hmm. something? It's so, it kind of sounds like it. It could be. It's so vocal. It does have, it, it's got some of the same timber. That's revisiting me in my mind's All those people been walking around screaming out, God, 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 God. Sorry to keep interrupting the amazing music, but I just got to give props to Got a Vision That's Revisiting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got that's just, that's that, that's just so, uh, I don't know, the lyrical instinct on that is just so right got a vision that's revisiting immediately it draws you in right sounds are the alliteration of yeah absolutely all right pause we're about to go into the chorus but i just i was listening to the song and i what i heard was our god's got himself a listening problem and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that that's that sounds like the XTC song. Like, what's wrong with you, God? When are you gonna but actually you're 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 turning it around and saying we're the ones who who blame yeah. it on it. And this is kind of what remember Carice, what the Randy Newman song did, you know, commenting on how humans create God and then blame God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know? absolutely. And absolutely. and we're the ones creating God in our image, which is a complete, you know, <laughs> reversal of it's so interesting. That's so of true. how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you incorporate both meanings of the phrase. You, you, you introduce the chorus by saying we can't, you know, the doctrine and the superstition keeps us from doing God's work. Mm-hmm. And then you repeat God's work, and then you start naming I am God's work, they are, we are. You're not leaving anybody out. No, not at all. That's, yeah, yeah that's it. Hmm. My goodness. <laughs> More alliteration. And forget all about how peace is always here to raise the fucking and the ball. Bring it to the house now. God's work. 
can't even imagine the power of this song live. I make the whole crowd sing with me as my choir, and it's amazing. So fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I so stand up and declare that you are God's work. I mean, it's like, it's time to claim your own greatness, you know, your own your own purpose. And yeah. just have, I truly believe, like, we are, you know, we're each just this beautiful piece and, and of creation that will never be again, you know, and it's like, we all have such gifts to give the world. And then I think we've been, I don't know, I feel like we've been told to look for something outside of us. You know, it's like the God outside of us and it's not, you know, the power within us and the connection to something that's greater and our gifts bring that down into this world. So, um, such yeah, an empowering song. Yeah, the re- it's re- yeah. It's a reclamation for sure. I can so see people in their cars on their own, you know, Singing yeah. along off key. That's what I hope. Really I loud mean, and off key. <laughs> that's what I hope. I mean, I, I think this whole record was like to, you know, to, to allow people to touch upon. And I think that's what I do as, a, as an artist myself is to like allow people to touch upon these emotions that they don't necessarily go to all the time. And to be able to touch those places, to reclaim those places, you know, um, this album definitely is the roller coaster ride of emotion from front to back for sure. Mm. That that really, I mean, the way it's expressed here accords. I mean, I'm not like a explicitly spiritual person. I don't have like a belief system, but the I know what resonates with me, you know. And one of the mm-hmm. sort of definitions of God or conscious or or sort of or spirituality that has resonated with me the most always is that human beings are basically just like a game that consciousness is playing with itself to try and recognize itself. Mm-hmm. You know, but what it's required is that we recognize it. And, you know, so claiming that identity as as mm-hmm. being connected and divine rather than the things that the world has us attached to and believe, which all is based on separation. Yeah, absolutely. All yeah. of it. And that's I think that's what I'm that's exactly what we're pointing to here is that, you know, to know which is amazing songwriting itself for me. Um has been one of the most spiritual acts that I've ever experienced because like we're creating something out of thin air <laughs> like, and this, you have to have a connection with something else with, with this kind of uh, creative soup, so to speak, that we're like, you know, all swimming in mm-hmm. um, that we're created from. And so when you like tap into that, I mean, as any artist knows, like it's, it's such a, it's such a spiritual experience and connection. It's otherworldly and it's something that I crave. Like it's something, it's a drug. It's like something you go looking for, Mm -hmm. but though you can never, you go looking for it though. You're never separate from it. You just have to, it's like, how open are you to allowing yourself to be the vessel for it? And so it's such a cool like experience. I think it's been one of my, the ways that I've discovered my own spirituality, like and deepened it is through the creation of, you know, the creative process that's we need more of those um so we have just about 15 minutes left before we got a wrap um do you want to pick uh sort of one more favorite um let's see i mean one of my i think one of my all-time favorite songs i'm a huge bob dylan fan yay and yeah i mean one of my favorite bob dylan songs is most of the time which is just so oh yeah well written it's ridiculous. Oh, 
incredible. Like, most ridiculous songs. I saw Bono the other day was asked like his top five favorite songs, and this was one of them. And I was like, he's got good taste. <laughs> We're gonna have to find a cover version because Bob Dylan, you know, is not on YouTube. He, <laughs> no, he's definitely on YouTube, but the minute you play him, you get taken down. I mean, oh, it, no. and, it, it's understandable because he is sort of an up and coming independent artist who needs totally. You know, <laughs> we have to feel for him. Uh, so who covered it? So I, so I did pick all of like the, yep. the artists. Ah, <laughs> uh, here's who covered it. Ani DeFranco, one of my favorites. Oh, cool. Let's see how good the sound is. And this, this one goes out to Dan, wherever he is. Most of the time. I'm clear focused all around Most of the time I can keep both feet on the ground I can follow the path Read the signs can Stay right with it when the road unwinds I can handle whatever I stumble upon And I don't even notice That she's gone Most of the time and this song originally came out in like 89 after people had kind of written dylan off like he'd gone through his christian phase and then he was doing like right. weird overproduced 80s stuff that people didn't think much of and then he comes out with oh mercy produced by daniel lenoir mm -hmm. and this song is and it's just he just he just takes everyone to school the it's whole album a, is it's incredible insane. like yeah, ring, every, the bells and... ring the bells everything is broken yeah yeah Oh, yeah. so good. And I mean, I just love the way like the hook, you don't realize this hook is coming, right? I mean, at all. And yeah. then the way he keeps on opening up the hook is um, and re, you know, bringing us back to that, to the title of the song in such creative, unique ways. It's so it's just so good. Well, what he does here is, is something uh, in the tradition of what McCartney did in Yesterday, which mm. is that okay. you you start talking about the condition your condition is in for a while, right? Most of the time, I'm clear focused all around. Most of the time, I can keep both feet on the ground. We don't know what he's talking about. He's just talking about mm -hmm. life, blah, 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 blah. I can follow the path. I can follow the, we can read the signs, stay right with it. When the road unwinds, I can handle whatever I come up, I stumble upon. I don't even notice she's gone. That's the first time we hear that there's a she. Mm-hmm. We don't know that now with yesterday mccartney does the same thing it's only in the b section why she had to go i don't know she wouldn't oh, yeah. say but before that he's just talking about nostalgia so that that reveal yeah. is a very it's a very good storytelling device yeah absolutely yeah um, i mean his his storytelling is genius and like we were the saying way, this whole record yeah the way he um he just any he, and he deepens the idea you know I'm strong enough oh, yeah. not to hate. I don't build up illusion till it makes me sick. I ain't afraid of confusion no matter how thick. And now it starts to sound like protesting too much, you know? I don't even remember <laughs> what her lips felt like on mine most of the time. And I love the um, most of the time I can't even be sure if she was ever with me, if I was yeah, ever I was with, her. with her. Yeah, yeah. That's the bitch. yeah, yeah. I'm halfway content most content. of the time. I know exactly where it all went. I don't, I don't cheat, cheat on, on myself. myself. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, read us to the end. Uh, I don't run and hide. Um, hide from the feelings that are buried inside. I don't compromise and I don't pretend. I don't even care if I ever see her again. Most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah. It is so like, uh, I get along without you very well. It's, it's, it's pretty similar sort of vibe. 
Who is that by? It's like standard. No, no. Like I get, oh, is that I a, get along without you very well. Of course I do. I except one. for except when self rain falls and da 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 da. Right. And then there's that '80s song "I Ain't Missing You at All" uh, oh, by Jim and Wade. Song. You know, it's one of the great. Yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah. one. By John Waite, uh, sort of a yes. British singer, almost a one-hit wonder, but incredible song. Yeah. Um, oh, that's great. I mean, I'm so glad you brought you brought some Dylan. We've done a lot of Joni Mitchell on our podcast. Yes, of We've done one Dylan song, but yeah, that's yeah, terrific. I am. Um, yeah, no, I, I was, of course, there's Joni in my mix of things that I was trying to find. And I'd, I saw that you guys had talked about Joni a little bit. So I um, I was trying to find some other stuff that. Do you have a favorite Joni song or a Joni album? Case, Case of You, for sure. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, those. All that stuff, like, is just yeah. insane. Like, yeah. melodically, um, you know, lyrically, like, she paints such the most beautiful pictures. Um, so good. My and favorite song both, on that Like, album. both sides now. Like, that's so good, too. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. My favorite song on Blue is The Last Time I Saw Richard. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because after all, this, after all this sweetness and innocence, it's a song about a cynical guy saying to her, just wait. Just wait a little. You're going to end mm. up cynical and drunk somewhere in right. some yeah. dark cafe like all poets. And what's interesting is that on the very next album, For the Roses, you start to hear a shift in her. She starts being a lot more slightly jaded about her own fame or distrustful. <laughs> and then she gets into the hissing Cynical. of summer lawns talking about, you know, suburban alienation and mm -hmm. unhappiness in the upper class. And then court and spark, which is just, you know, like smooth LA sadness. And then Hijira, which is <laughs> off on a road trip after a crumbled relationship. Uh, so I just love that moment of her kind of looking into her future through the yeah. eyes of someone else. I think if you're in this long enough, in the music business, especially as an artist, I think you all kind of have similar, you have a similar path, you know? I mean, I look at, like, you look at Dylan and, um, I mean, you look at where I am now with God's work and, like, where I was, my, uh, the album before this was an album called Remnants and, um, you know, it was slightly a sense of my jadedness, like, within that. So I think that there's, there is a similar, like, you know, innocence to jadedness to like spirituality to like where, you know, when, where it goes after that, it's very, it's, it's, it's interesting uh, the the similar path that we take in exploration of art, you know? I wonder if that's because you get swept up in the pleasures and excitements of the industry, then it crashes, then you, you know, you, you find out all the parts of yourself that that can't heal and that can't soothe. Right. And then Absolutely. going through that, you find the you that was, that's always been in there trying to, say something all along yeah absolutely i think then you get down to the to the truth of of who you are and what you want to create and express mm. and so mm. um yeah i think it is the roller coaster of of life right and if yeah. like i said if you're able to be in it long enough then it's all very similar and yeah. in its um, evolution great well you mentioned hip-hop earlier and uh yes. I, I did want to ask you um about your cousin busta um, <laughs> <have> you, <laughs> uh, I love him. He's awesome. He, I met him when, like, we both we both were like uh, kind of coming up and on the scene at the same time in the early '90s, and 
he um he came back I was doing a, it was a billboard music awards and he was backstage and he like burst in on this interview that I was doing. And he's like, I got to come check on my sister. Like (laughs) (laughs) he's the best. He was just on the, the, his performance on the Grammys, like slayed it, like so good. Can we take a look at that? I didn't see it. Oh yeah. It was, it was really amazing. Um, All right. Just like, I don't even know how these words come out of his mouth that fast, but (laughs) such, such talent. I still think we we have to do a duet eventually. I mean, we just I absolutely screaming, think so. calling for it. <laughs> <laughs> still got it. Yeah, it still does. It's like, <laughs> holy moly, like the breath work that has to come into that. Hundred <laughs> mm. percent. Right. Yeah, I I first ever heard him on the Tribe Called Quest song scenario where he does okay. the the final verse, and this is back when he was like twenty years old, and just yeah, just an absolute explosion of energy. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. I just I, I do I do think that sooner than later we need to do something together. Family cookout. It's got to happen. If anything, (laughs) do (laughs) all out. Well, Liam, we're we're almost at time. Um, Do you have any any closing thoughts about about songwriting or lyrics or anything else you want to promote or tell us about or share? No, I think that. I mean, I've totally enjoyed my time here with you guys. Thank you so much Mm -hmm. for having me on. It's not every day I get to go talk about song lyrics and break things down with people. So I love what you guys have created. Well, we're so glad to have you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, we will be really eager to see what happens, what what you, what you get next now that God's work is out of the way. Yes, I know. It's uh, so interesting because you, you, you know, you finish one thing and for me, it's like my brain is off to the, off to the next creation. Mm. Yeah. um, Yeah. So I'm excited to see what comes out of me too. You never know. Amazing. All right, Leanne. Have a great Thank day. Thanks, Leanne. Yes. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 Bye.